In today's episode of VFM, we're talking to Simon Crystal, the CEO of WPS Advisory, about what value for money means to him. Hello everyone and welcome to the 35th episode of VFM, the Pensions Podcast. <laughs> and I could not be happier to be joined in the pod of in the all pod. places <laughs> by my co-host Nico Aspinall. Hi Nico. Hi Darren. Fantastic to be here. It's here good, live, it? live. I'm a little bit throaty. I was uh, at the Arsenal shouting very loudly at the wonderful performance last night. Can, can you remind me what happened? Oh yeah. We're, well, they, we're recording they... on Thursday. And I, and yeah, well, I, I hope it's not a distant memory by the time that people talk about it tomorrow, but uh, listen to this tomorrow but uh, yeah they they absolutely smashed PSV Eindhoven. Could remind me of the score? It was 4-0. I don't think we've got any Dutch fans that uh, Dutch listeners. That oh, I don't know I think we've had um, look, yeah, looking at the uh, podcast analytics it's, uh, yeah 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 <laughs> and we, we do have a couple from we have quite a few from America actually. Oh yeah there we which, go. Is, which is quite good which is quite good. <laughs> Um, yeah, so that's um, good news. And, and 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 speaking of, well, I wouldn't really call it football. Uh-huh. We're joined by Sunderland fan, aren't we? <laughs> um, Simon Crystal, who is CEO of WPS Advisory, um, and a lifelong Mackham. Is that right? For my sins, for your sins, <laughs> well, half, half to blame my dad because <laughs> he, he introduced me to a life of suffering. <laughs> See, I thought that because my granddad supported Arsenal, and uh, my dad did, and right. my whole family did, and it was just sort of almost beat into me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Metaphorically speaking, not yeah. being a bit. Um, and you know, growing up in the nineteen eighties, and um, you know, before the Liverpool win, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, it was torture. Yeah. You know, um, they were known as boring Arsenal, and yeah. you know, it, it wasn't good. But you know, I, I, I do look back fondly on the fact that you know, you, you don't get game without pain, do you? No, you know, you know um, it makes the uh, the, the 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 sad times make their yes. the good times yes. so much. It's better. the rain that makes the sun so so worthwhile. <laughs> Unless it's all rain. Unless it's all rain. <laughs> well, you must know about that quite a lot. Yes, north, yes, <laughs> absolutely. Yes, rain, ice, sleet, snow, <laughs> and no courts. <laughs> so we first met. Um, I think it was our, um, a, a Pazza. Um, event wasn't it? Pensions um, Administration Standards Association, yeah. and we you were. I was chair- to the best, uh, oh, the best no, rooms, guys. I, I was. Um, I was chairing a panel, and you were on the panel um, with a couple of other people. And um, I remember having the briefing call. And um, yeah, this briefing call just turned into absolute chaos. <laughs> so we're expecting good things in the pod today. Simon. He got You're his own back. He got his own back. Did he gave he? the yeah. only person with the ability to give advice in a room a question about nudges. Oh right, yeah. yeah. So I said a nudge was something that happened in the night when I snored very loud. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. So we'll we'll come on to how you got into pensions in a moment, but as always, we start with the news. And um, Simon, what have you got for us? Right. Well, I've got an article which was published in the FT Advisor, which was FCA disappointed by poor advice given by lifetime mortgage. Advisors. Shock horror. Um, <laughs> but before we go into that, I'm going to actually put in a couple of examples of, of how important this is for, for people rather than necessarily the industry. And I'm going to start off with a really personal one that just in the last year, 
year and a half, uh, Maxine O'Hanlon, who I work with, her mum died and my dad died. And if you think about it, Maxine and I both work in this sector mm. where we, you know, you'd think that our parents would naturally have come to us and talked about any things like financial worries yep. for where they needed advice and things like that. And actually, only when Maxine's mum had died and only when my dad had died did we learn that they both had lifetime mortgages. This was that personal wow. to them as individuals wow. and that into their DNA. Yep. And, and I found that really quite unusual and to emphasize the importance of what this means in getting this right for individuals the second one i wanted to use was um a story that happened when we were given somebody a piece of advice now you can imagine in the job that i do these days i only tend to get involved in stuff when it either goes wrong or something confusing yeah um because they give you a posh title and think oh you can't do that anymore <laughs> um and so i ended up talking to a gentleman and there was a lot of confusion as to his priorities and so on and so forth because he talked an awful lot about downsizing because people right. tend to talk about that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, and he obviously had some outcomes in mind, etc. and we couldn't really get underneath it. So I ended up ringing him up and saying, look, our guys are a bit confused about this. We've got these conflicting things. They've asked yeah. me about it. Um, and I just wanted to ask you about it. Could you talk to me about what it is, and particularly about the house? And he, and he sort of started off, and he, and he opened up really quickly because um, I would sort of told him the story about my dad and, and Maxine's mum and things like that. And he said, you know what it is? You get to a stage in your life where actually you start, more of your life is living backwards Right. You don't, you don't, you realize it, it sort of creeps up on you. Mm. And I'm living in this house and, and everyone tells me I should be downsizing because it's too big for me and things like that. He says, what they don't understand is that when I walk around the house and I go into a different room, every room gives me a cuddle. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Now, first thing is I was quite shocked mm. that he would have said mm. that. And then I'm thinking, just, just explain. Cause I'm thinking, okay, then how's this yeah, working? Yeah, yeah. And he said, look, do you mind if I ask you what you mean by that? Mm. And he said that essentially when he walks into a room, the first thing that happens is a memory from his past comes yeah, back, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. From when his partner was there and his mm. children, etc. Yeah. And it gives him a nice warm feeling because those memories are there. And if he wasn't living in that house, mm. then actually that wouldn't be there if he just went you know, because then it would become bricks and mortar yeah, for him. Yeah. So when we're talking about an industry and helping people, when we're talking about lifetime mortgages, which is clearly an Englishman's home is his castle yeah, type yeah, of thing, yeah. um, it's so important that we get it right. Mm -hmm. So whilst you could look at that headline and say, there we go again, right? For me, the focus is on really the FCA and the improvements it's trying to drive yeah, through. Yeah, um, yeah. What's sad about it, as much as anything else, is the failings are the same failings that you see just about every time, including, for example, what you saw, you know, I was listening to the podcast with Joe Cumbo, yep, yep. and she was talking about British Steel yep, and also yep, the Australian yep, yep. mentality of the underdog and sticking up for uh -huh, the underdog. Uh -huh. And the failings are ex almost exactly the same, not really knowing your, your, your clients officially, not learning about yep. their money, not challenging any preconceptions, selling a product, um, and as much as anything else, also the remuneration, how right. people are actually paid, yep. and, and that's important. And so I think, like, again, with the headline, that, and, and I've seen a lot of the people that are on the podcast and I've listened to it uh -huh. talk about the headline is one thing and the story is another. Yes, actually, yeah. this time, they do broadly match yeah. up. What I would have really liked to have seen with it is more of a focus on the headline. Actually, the FCA is seeking to drive improvements in yeah, this area, yeah, yeah. and this is what they've done. So, um, so just taking a step back, so just uh, I, I think I'm amongst many who maybe haven't really thought about lifetime mortgages. So, so, so what is the product that we're talking about? Uh, essentially, what you do is, is you 
raise money now yeah. to spend in your later life against your property while you live in the property. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah, yeah. So I'm not an expert on the product sure, in sure. any stretch of the imagination. Yeah. Um, you know, you, you're gonna. There's questions you're gonna ask me about how I got into pensions <laughs> yeah. and things like that, which is my sort of background. Okay. But for you know, when I give you the answer to that and yeah. where I think I work, that'll explain my interest in this. Yeah. But yeah. for me, this was really around. You know. These are things that are happening right now, are happening mm. in our lifetime, where these yeah. standards are yeah. being identified, picked up, and you know people seeking to drive it forward. Mm. And mm. what you know, when we did our client research, we looked at our, we got nineteen hundred ongoing clients, right. and nearly all of them are in retirement. Mm. And when we looked at their asset bases last year, for the first time, the value in their homes, on average, was higher. Than the value in their pension schemes. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now there's a lot of things happened yeah, in that yeah, time yeah, with yeah, movements yeah, yeah. in the markets that's right. delivered that. But that's in you know that's going to keep happening now. Yeah. yeah. Um, because there's less money being going into things like pension yes. savings and yeah. so on and yeah. so forth. Yeah. 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 So for me, it's of interest because as people are getting into later life, the pensions aren't enough. Yeah. Right. There's all their other money mm -hmm. that is going to have to come in, and then biggest asset. It's yeah. going to be the thing that they're living in, yeah. Yeah. and that yeah. makes it important. Because when you said that was going to be your story, I think the question I asked you was, it, so is the disappointment from the FCA that people aren't taking this product up enough, right? Because, as you say, that it may be a large, large piece of capital that, that they're maybe not using. Mm. Or the wrong people. Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think if, if I'm, I'm obviously trying to second guess why the FCA have done yeah. this and why yeah. they've done yeah. it now, I think they'll have looked at the data. Mm. They'll have understood, actually, that there's going to be more and more people that are going to need to access the money in their homes, in their houses. Yeah. Yeah. And then in doing that, they've gone and done a review of the practice in this market. Yeah. And not before time, in my view, mm. you know, we've all heard the adverts, you know, in that, so, you know, sit down, have a cup of tea, the advice is free. Uh, uh, don't think so. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's that's exactly what it isn't. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And I've seen data which would show, and we, we, again, it'll play to the VFM premise, not the radio station, the value of money. Um, <laughs> it's giving the joke away. <laughs> You shouldn't have told me. You can't expect me to keep my mouth shut. Um, <laughs> I'm learning that already. Yeah, and uh, I did tell you. Yeah. So, and and I've seen people saying, oh, "Well, I, you know, I charge seven thousand, but somebody could have charged thirty thousand. Mm, right. This has got to be the only industry that I can think of where I, the seven might have been classed as value for money. Right. Everyone's going to have a different opinion on it. Mm. So it's important, and there's a lot. That's a lot of money for yep. an advisor to generate on a single. Piece yeah, of yeah, advice, yeah, you know, yeah, whether yeah. it be seven or whether it be thirty, and for mm. a business that is focused on delivering high quality value for money financial advice, it yeah. means something for me because that's yeah. our underpinning. Yeah, 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 yeah. Great, interesting. Uh, Could talk about something that is slightly wider than pensions? So, yes, I've got a bit of a surprise coming up. Oh no, here we go. Right, but yeah, I, so I want you to go first. Oh right, okay. Um, uh, this is, you've thrown me off already, Dan. You've thrown me <laughs> off. All right, look. So I wanted to talk about. Uh, there's a Financial Times story uh, about uh, the number of people aged 100 or over uh, in England and Wales hits a record high. So I was going to quiz you guys, right? <laughs> How many people aged over 100 are there in England and Wales, or were there in 2021? 2,500. No. Go on, Simon. 25,000. Closer. Well, uh, so about halfway between. Uh, <laughs> 13,924. Damn, I nearly went for 12,500 as a guest. Oh, there, there you go. go. <laughs> um, uh, so uh, maybe I won't do this as a quiz because you were so poor at it, both of you. Um, but uh, so uh, 11,000 women, 
and two and a half thousand men. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, it really shows you that kind of disparity in mortality between men and women um, at uh, older ages. But also, plausibly, if so you'd need to be born in 1921 or earlier, you'd have been 18 in 1939. So plausibly, there's a war effect in yeah. here in the gap between the men and women. Um, so I just thought really interesting. Um, so uh, there are 31 people over 100 for every 100,000 people. Gosh. Um, we rank eighth, I think, in the world. Um, although they confusingly managed to give me the statistic on pure numbers and as a proportion of the population, but we're about in that kind of, kind right. of, kind of level. Uh, and uh, yeah, so people born in 2021, uh, uh, just shy of 20% of girls and 14% of boys could expect to live to 100. Blimey. So, if they're going to have to find contribution contributions at 8% uh, above a threshold and uh, the, the bill passed royal assent to, to kind of change those things. Um, to enable those things. Not yes, correct. Things. Yes, thank you. Um, so, uh, you know, they're going to be potentially relying on these savings for much longer than than is currently planned. Right? Work. Um, but will working, but, yeah, much later. Yeah, 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 yeah. But will they have a planet? Or will they have be a able planet? To spend it on, yeah, so 21, after 21. announcements that came out um, today and yesterday. Ah, so is that the, the story you want to do? No, it's not. No, I'm just, You're just shoehorning that in. Yeah, there, yeah. Uh, you were surprised that I didn't want to do the story. Yeah, I mean, like, um, will they have a planet? Yeah, that would be, that would be a ball of rock, <laughs> sort of in the same distance rotating around the sun, right? Um, so, or a flat one. We've also had a lot of flat earth conversation on here, but I, I'm pretty sure it's a ball of rock. Um, so, uh, yeah, that, I mean, look, there'll be something. Um, quite how hot it is, I think it's a totally different question. And how rich you need to be to be in the cool is, a, is another question. Um, but uh, yeah, look, I mean, um, what we keep on coming back on this podcast to the need for policy certainty and stability. Yeah. Um, I thought that the 2030 diesel and, and petrol car kind of uh, ban from sale was a really good signal to the automotive industry that we were a great place to go and build. Yeah what do they call them, gigafactories, these battery places. Um, and because the Europeans were three, uh, five years later, that actually meant we would have a market and presumably delivery of cars and industry ahead of the Europeans, and therefore the export opportunity was great. Um, okay, you need to be able to design them to be driven on the other side of the road and stuff like that, but it's not complex. Um, particularly as there's so many, so few moving parts in an electric vehicle. Yeah. Um, so yeah, putting yourself in line with your potentially your biggest export market, I think just destroys the export hypothesis. Yeah. Um, the gas boilers, it's, I mean, there isn't a plan to replace gas no. boilers. Um, I, I, I can't remember what percentage of houses is just totally inappropriate for air source heat pumps, mm. but a large number. Yeah. So at the moment, they, there's sort of this massage report where they go, everyone is plausibly, uh, uh, every house could have an air source heat pump. Uh, again, in the headline, but in the report, it's like, no, all classes of housing, we found a house where it could be suitable for an air source heat pump. Right. But that doesn't mean that all the houses are suitable. Um, so, you know, am I going to have hydrogen pump to my house to, to go into my new hydrogen boiler? Am I going to have an electric boiler? Um, how I'm going to fit air source heat pumps into my house on the basis of the, just the size I've got for ever, you know, how do I access the air? Um, all of those kind of things. How, how many more, uh, how much more thermally efficient does my house have to be to make the thing work? Yeah. Um, uh, I suspect I'm going to just be getting cold in the 2040s. Um, but you know, it will be hotter. So I guess that'd be less of a, less of a problem. So yeah, that, that bit of it, 
you know, if it's a delay to form the plan, I guess it makes sense. But look, I mean, we might have a Labour government in 15 months or less. What are they going to do? Are they going to just reverse this reversal um, and then straight back into the sort of business uncertainty and chaos? Yeah. So, yeah, um, let's talk about people who are over 100. That seems <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm happier about that. Well, well I'm going to move us on. OK. Yeah. And um, we never have much fun on this pod. Oh, yeah. come we, on. We have a lot. Oh, that's unfair. But, but we never, you know, we need to, <laughs> I, I've been thinking we need to sort of lift the entertainment levels, Nico. Oh, right? goodness me. So right. um, my story this um, week is about the launch of the, I think it's called the Pensions Attention Campaign. Yes. And um, we we had Big Zoo, yeah, last year. Um, oh, right. About who was rapping or griming or something about paying your uh, pension <laughs> some attention. Your age. You don't sound your age. <laughs> yeah, I'm good at. He was one of those rap artists. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, and 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 now this week um, we've we've got the new face of yes. the pensions attention campaign, Timmy Mallet. Yeah, yeah. Now, I, do you remember Timmy Mallet? Of course, you do. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and do you do you know Timmy Mallet and remember? And um, was it unfortunately yes? You do. So so you know this has been covered as you'd expect by the pensions press, <laughs> yeah. and there's a YouTube video. Yeah, <laughs> and I thought, and you guys don't know I'm going to do this. No, you yeah. don't. I don't right. know what you're about. To right. So we're going to have a game. Oh of, no. Of Mallet's Mallet. Oh my goodness. Right. Okay. So so basically, I'm going to explain the rules. Yeah. Okay. And and then we're going to play Mallet Smallet for, for a minute. Yeah. And the one that gets the most bashes on the head, and you're going to have to visualize this if you're listening, because again, hand gestures and uh, <laughs> yes, we've learned visual hand gestures just don't actually work. So, right. And he used to say, I'm going to mess this up because he used to say it really fast. But yes, this, is, this is the Wackaday game rules. Mallet Smallet is a word association game where you mustn't pause, hesitate, repeat a word, or say a word I don't like. Otherwise, you get a bash on the head like this, yes. or like this. The one with the most bruises loses. Look at each other and go, blah. Blah. <laughs> look at everyone at home and go, blah. Blah. <laughs> everyone at home, look at them and go, blah. <laughs> right, so let's go. Um, so the first word is pension. People. Pot. Money. Hesitation. Flashed. <laughs> <laughs> Value. Money. Four. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a different. <laughs> right, one oh, one oh. Um, charges too high. That's two words. Two words. Oh, <laughs> don't, don't, that's a <laughs> I'm going to have to get some proper sound effects on this. Um, <laughs> so next one, annuity, <laughs> income, Mark, Alston, Alston, Alston. That's another. <laughs> so that's three one to Simon at the moment. Um, no, you miss me. Miss selling. <laughs> Pensions. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> Lifetime mortgage. <laughs> oh. That's okay. That's okay. <laughs> and last one, politics. Oh, no. <laughs> That's a definite hesitation. I okay. and, and I, um, I, That's um, two words you still lost. Yeah, uh, and and I am giving the trophy to Simon. Well done, Simon. Well done. Yeah, first round, that means. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's Wackaday. Uh, well done. And how is our attention on our pensions <laughs> raised? So I did see, I mean, I didn't watch. Uh, there was a video of Timmy Mallet presumably talking about pensions. Um, so was he doing Wackaday with certain, well, some innocent of, victims he, who were he, far he, too young to he, remember no, the no, he, he had some people on the stall and just okay. randomly was, he was asking them questions about nostalgia. Yeah, like you get not what it used to be. So I don't, I don't know what it, you know. It was, um, you know, I, I don't. This was one, but it was like you know, finish the phrase. Saturday night takeaway. 
That's what I would have no, said. I fever, I would have said, because oh, there's right. nostalgia. That's more, you know, you, you obviously watch Ants and Deck on Saturday night, don't you? Are they still going, though? Yeah, of course they are. Yeah. But they're all, no, they are old enough now to be nostalgia as well, though, aren't they? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I think they're, because they're, um, Baker grew off. Yeah. Um, Spooky. Yeah, yeah. Um, and which one of them went blind because of the, uh, he was shot in the face with a, a paintball? I have no idea. I never watched it. I, I did like Biker Grove a lot. <laughs> so it's PJ and Duncan, wasn't it? It was PJ and Duncan, yeah. yeah, yeah. Watch us wreck the mic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Talking about nostalgia. <laughs> yeah, so anyway. Um, you <laughs> drag us back, don't there you? Was, um, the, the, yeah, there was a, a, a sort of version of Mallet's Mallet. Okay. Although not as good as we just played it. Yeah. Um, and then so next started year, you're talking about this. Yeah, where do you go um, to ask for people about your pension? And everyone was like, oh, don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and that was it for two minutes. He so had the Wackaday plaster. That was did it, did it? Plaster. yeah, yeah. So like, um, I don't know if if you were awarded because there was more than one round in Wackaday, and I think you got a plaster if you were the loser, and so these plasters sort of built up right. with you, right? Um, and yeah, I'll be around. So um, there you go. Um, You're either very much younger or just got a better memory. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, uh, I didn't really watch it. It has to be said. Um, How do you know all that? Then? We were we were a CBBC household. Oh, but, yeah, uh, my parents were very strict not to, to watch too many uh, ITV programs. So. Uh. Right, and now the segue is from the sublime to the ridiculous. So, Simon, how did you get into pensions? <laughs> right, now, I've heard this question on the other ones, and mm. I've been asking all of the people that I work with, other people, how they got into pensions, or what like, What I said was, what industry are you in? Yeah. And I get a mix of answers. I get, I'm in the pensions industry, I'm in the financial advice industry, I'm in the financial services industry. Mm -hmm. um, and then I'm, at the end of it, I'll say, why am I asking the question? Um, and it was partly because I was practicing for this because you want to be you want to be decent, don't you? I'm be... glad our guests take it so seriously. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah absolutely. I'm shocked, really. I don't want to look like an idiot. Yeah, it's, it's, I can look like an idiot without trying. I don't need to try. Um, and so, but I never considered I worked in any of those things. You see, mm. I think I work in the people industry, and I think that when you say you work in the pensions industry or you work in financial services or financial advice, I actually think by default you're restricting your thinking uh -huh, uh -huh, uh -huh. and so i think it's really important when we're looking at how we help people right that we don't restrict our thought process mm. and narrow that thought process down mm. and, and 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 we make it into i mean a people industry and for me one of my passions is communication mm, um, mm, mm. and and if you're not developing that communication and breaking it down in a way that makes it clear in your mind that it's a person that you're working for yeah. if you think it's a pension that you're working with yeah. or, or a financial all of a sudden your, your language and the way you think has got all of these other regulatory terms and everything banging into your head yeah. that now so for me I work in the people industry mm. and I never got into pensions pensions is just one of the tools that I have to use in working with people yeah so that from there and that's why we joined people's pension wasn't it uh, well, because right. of the name. There's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> as good a reason as any. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Um, it's about the brand. I was yeah. looking across the industry and I thought, who it's a, is the people? Yeah. Yeah. But the, the truth is, who gets into this on purpose? I'm not aware of many people that did. We've had one, haven't we? I think Sophia... Uh, Singleton said uh, she wanted to be an actress because it was indoors. So <laughs> <laughs> well, maths. Yeah. See, I just ended up in a civil service queue. I just joined uh -huh. the civil yeah. service. I, I left school with the minimum qualifications you could get to get into the very bottom grade in the civil service. School and me didn't particularly agree. Yeah. The, the, there was a, a, a baseline disagreement. The teachers thought they had a right to have me learn, and <laughs> I somehow didn't. And I thought that was going to work. So mm. you know, so you had to kind of catch up with that. But I just ended up in a civil service queue, and then they pointed you to, and they said, "Off you." go 
to pensions administration mm, right. in Darlington, which was teachers' pensions. Right. And for the first 10 years of my career, which is now over 30 years, yeah, yeah. I was calculating pensions. And one of the things I was proudest of is I was one of the final people to get trained on doing them all clerically before the computers did them. Right, right. Um, yeah, yeah. And that worked when the mainframe fell over. Right. And, and part of it. But that went from being the Department for Education and Science into the Teachers' Pensions Agency, and then Capita right. took over the contract. And right. I was there during all of that period, so 10 years calculating pensions for teachers yeah. and speaking to the very people that I hadn't got along so well with during the right, whole time. Right, right, they yeah, thought that I should be entitled, they should be, I should be learning from them. Yeah. So that was quite interesting. Um, and now the teacher becomes the talks. <laughs> so it was, so it, but the bit that I enjoyed the most, again, was back to the people and and I you know yes there was calculations to do and you had to authorize other people mm. and so on and so forth but actually at the same time you were doing that less so as it went more into the commercial sector with capita at the same time yeah. you're doing that you're actually talking to the people who could ring you up at any point it didn't matter what mm. you were doing mm. just ring you up on an old-fashioned telephone yeah <laughs> you know and and you, you asked you any question and that was great um then I went to the pensions trust Right. For a short yeah. period of time, um, when it was relocating out of London to Leeds mm. to do business development, which mm -hmm. was quite an interesting aside yeah. change for me. But it, it was also a change because there was lots of people down in London that weren't going to go to Leeds and it was yeah. changing its culture right. and things like that. did that for a couple of years. I'm going to come back to communication in a minute, mm -hmm. but I then went to work in an accountancy practice at Ernst & Young. Yep. And I went to work in an accountancy practice at Ernst & Young because my two, I've got three children, but my two oldest children have autism. Right. And yep. so I thought I can go and I'll work near home and I'll do a nine to five job, which I proved incapable of, frankly. <laughs> um, and I'll help my wife out a lot yeah, more yeah, yeah. in that sort of sense. So, but, so I was in an accountancy practice, but I wasn't an accountant. Yep. Then when Ernst & Young sold the financial management team, we set up an actuary practice, so we ha I was a director right. of an actuary practice. I can't even do maths. I've right, got a right, CSE. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> the pension calculations were fine. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so, and, and, and so that was, it was a really small one. Eventually got sold to JLT and it sat within Mercer. Yeah. Uh, and then I ended up in a financial advice firm once the actuaries realised that I shouldn't be in an actuary firm. <laughs> so, um, it must have only taken them three or four years, though. Yeah. I, mean, I, think, know, I, I think I lasted five. Okay. Yeah, yeah, before they disposed of me. Um, <laughs> then I went to a financial advice firm as a head of strategy. And I'd never given, and I still haven't ever given a piece of financial advice. Mm -hmm. So I was thinking, I've got this saying, if why be good if you can be lucky? And, I've, and I've worked in all of these places. So I would turn around and say, I would probably still an administrator, right? right? That is yeah. the one thing that I definitely did. Yeah. I calculated them. Right? Yeah, 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 um, yeah. But I went, obviously, in the accountancy practice, in the actuarial, all I learned there was if they tell me two plus two equals five, I'm believing them because there's a way they're going to prove it. <laughs> <laughs> and then into financial advice. And what was really interesting going into financial advice was doing it from a different background, yeah. not having come up. You know, I heard Henry Tapper talking about going around the doors and yeah, flogging yeah, policies yeah, yeah, yeah. and being a pariah or whatever it was that he said about himself. He definitely said it. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not just making it up um, from that perspective. Um, and, and, and a lot of people that I work with, they did that. That's how yeah. it came up to that. So yeah. actually, the mix of their experience and, and bringing a fresh pair of eyes up to it and saying, hold on a minute, I, I hear all of this stuff about it. Yeah. Um, that, that, I think, was, was quite a neat thing mm, uh, mm, in that mm. sort of sense. And so that whole thing. But again, I'm going to go back to communication. In almost yeah, all yeah, of this, yeah, yeah. And um, when I talk about being a people industry, whilst there are all of those little different segments mm. you can break up, one of the things that was 
important to me in terms of engaging with people through whatever you want to call our industry was my son still is to this day non-verbal right and yeah. when he was when we first started to discover the autism and things like that and then you learn you don't know anything about it and you don't know anybody yeah. that knows anything about it and yeah, the rest yeah, of it. Yeah. we had a situation where he was non-verbal and the prognosis wasn't good in that he would you know he'd always have to wear nappies or all these other things you right, wouldn't be able right, to do right. all these other things and you can either accept that mm. or you look at it and turn around and say, okay, what can we do about it? Yeah. And, and this, you know, we can talk about policy makers, we can talk about government and all the rest of it. I'm a great believer in the ingenuity and the resourcefulness of people. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and the general good that people will do for others, which yeah. I've experienced yeah. Yeah. in that environment. Mm. Um, and, and what we learned with him was, is actually effective communication because an autistic person will only engage with you when they want to and on their terms yeah. you've got yeah. no chance if, yeah. if you try and force it right yeah. no chance yeah. whatsoever yeah. Yeah. so it was a very different fabric of having to break the message down into tiny little yeah. bits yeah right um and then building on it little bit by little bit so it was a mix of making the message really simple and lots and lots of repetition yeah. So, for example, getting him to understand what the toilet was, was having a chart on a wall. Yeah. You would take him every 30 seconds. It was intense. Every 30 seconds, every minute, every two minutes, till he clicked what a toilet was for. Yeah. Now, I have a young man now, right, who will communicate using his, a mix of an iPad, pictures, right, 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 YouTube, right. where he'll go yeah. and find stuff on YouTube where he wants to go and do things. Yeah. Um, some very limited verbal, like yes, no. Yeah. yeah you know sprouts because <laughs> he totally hates sprouts so <laughs> and that sort of thing but the, that what we learned there what i learned there is something that i think we need you know in, in as well as not closing your mind to thinking i work in pensions or i work in financial yeah. advice yeah. it's always about a person yeah. that's who we serve um it's also about breaking down that communication mm. so when we talk about pension awareness yeah, yeah. right straight the thing i noticed there was question he's asking where do you go to get help for pensions yeah pause every yeah. time i'm not supposed to fidget sorry um <laughs> you know pause every time uh, and, and i actually thought that's really interesting because that's my understanding of it people know that they need help but don't know where to get it yeah and even if they know where to get it they're not quite sure yeah, how yeah. to trust it yeah. because we're not quite sure yet how we engage with them and we seem to have stopped mm. trying yeah. in yeah. some areas you know, and we're going to come to that with the VFM yeah, yeah. consultation. So, yeah. so tell me a bit about WPS Advisory. When did you when did you join them? I set it up. You set I it set up. it up. Um, okay. I was at Oval, and Oval was selling themselves to Gallagher, and that was a long process. So the original business shell was set up in 2012. Right. Yeah. Um, but we didn't start trading it until 2015. Myself and a chap called Paul Butler, who's not with us now. He he does technology. He's got his own business. Right. Um, uh, and, and so we set it up in 2015 with this, and it slightly changed because we started off with high quality, affordable financial advice, Yeah. right? But we changed it to high quality value for money, yeah. financial advice. Yeah. And, and I'm not sure whether that's better or, or worse understood, but since 2015, we've engaged with over 100,000 consumers. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, not all of whom want advice, by the way. Mm, yeah. um, and we've delivered over 35,000 what's called a personal recommendation. Mm -hmm. But again, I want to go back to an important thing. In some of your podcasts, you'll talk about people sometimes needing advice but not knowing where to get it, yeah. whether or not advice 
particularly you, Nico, yeah, talked yeah, about whether yeah. it was worth paying for it and whether yeah, it was ever any good. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. And I've got some sympathy with that yeah, yeah, um, yeah, coming yeah. from the background that I did. But actually, one of the things that I found to be the most misunderstood thing that is now absolutely clear under consumer duty is it was never about this thing called a personal recommendation, right. my advice to you. Yeah. It was always around creating and evidencing an informed decision. Yeah. Right, mm. because if I was giving you a piece of advice, for example, Darren, I wouldn't take it. I don't blame you for that because I've never given any. <laughs> but if I, if I was giving you a piece of advice, and I basically just said to you, "Look, I'm the expert. I know what I'm doing. Um, just do what I would do." Yeah. Right, you and I, we might be similar in many ways. We've got similar hairstyles, and we're both as <laughs> great. Yeah. yeah. Is um, it fair to call it a hairstyle? I don't know. It's, anyway. Well, it's better than the one I had when I had hair. <laughs> but, <laughs> um, from that perspective, <laughs> so you know, I at least blonde, I, it, I had blonde curtains. Yeah. Did, when I was uh, yeah. To be fair, if I had hair, I wouldn't waste it. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah Nico. No, 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 <laughs> I'm, giving it, I'm giving it a last go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but from you made me lose my track. Now. <laughs> <laughs> but that informed decision is important, and, and yeah. the truth of it is, if I give you something that I would do. The minute you walk away and you make your own decisions without even realizing it, because implicit decision making is one yeah, of the most yeah, significant yeah. human characteristics, yeah. it goes wrong. Yeah, not yeah. because I did something wrong because I tried to help you, yeah, not yeah. because you've done anything wrong, but because I tried to overlay my values, yeah, my yeah, way of yeah. doing things, and my expertise over you. Mm. So if you can bring it back and turn around and say, no, it's actually about creating and evidencing the informed decision. Yeah, yeah. Doing it in that person's own words, repeating it back to them, breaking it down, and in actual fact, that repetition, yeah. taking your time, then then that's what WPSA's mm. DNA is supposed to be about yeah, yeah, in yeah, that sort yeah, of sense. Yeah, yeah. And um, yeah, so you've been sort of active for eight years now. Yes. Yeah. Brilliant. And um, how big are you in terms of you know number of people? Still, we're big in financial advisor terms because yeah. we've got sixty-five people, over, right, which right, over yeah, half yeah, of them are advisors. Yeah, yeah. Um, but we're still small in a real business yeah, right, sense right. of term. We turn over around six and a half to seven million right. revenue yeah, yeah. per right. annum. Um, you know, we're not particularly profitable because we've focused on getting market share. We're yeah, focused yeah. on doing something different. Yeah. We just wanted to prove. And we went to an incredibly complex part of the world when we did it in the advice that we provide, right. yeah. um, and very risky. Uh, we wanted to prove that a financial advisor could be trusted, mm. yeah. right, to yeah. deliver advice you understood, yeah. right, to get to help you get to where you want to be, and and to stop taking this view. When I hear financial advisors talk or I see them advertising, you know, they'll talk about give me your money because I'll do better with it than that person yeah. over there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, on the basis of look, perhaps, mm. right? Because I'm not seeing the evidence that there's any consistent outperformance in yeah. one particular area. There's always a new, you know, super kid, Woodford, or whatever it is, right? Yeah. right? Yeah. But the reality is most of these people aren't investors, yeah. right? They're, they're, they're consumers, and they're, they're not bothered about it. They want their money, yeah. right? <laughs> in a relatively safe place, they're, yeah. they're okay with making money. They're not good with losing it. Yeah. 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 Right? Yeah. Um, they want it to be there when they need it, mm. to in line with their plans, Right and not disappearing. Mm. Right? That's what they want. So mm. when you, you're working with these individuals, almost again treating them as consumers, because yeah. the regulation calls them retail investors. Yeah. Right in in the Financial Conduct Authority, yeah, yeah, yeah. and now we've got consumer duty, which I'm really pleased with. To yeah. be fair. Yeah. Um. So that overall side of things about recognizing that because we deliver this via the workplace, we don't go direct to consumer. Yeah. Right. Yeah, we have yeah. we have. A one new brand that in theory does that yeah. but we really get our work via the workplace mm. um, and that's where we intend to continue to stay because people talk about an advice gap 
Yeah. There's not a demand gap. I haven't got yeah. loads of people knocking on my door demanding advice with menaces. Right, right, you know, right, right. so we still haven't got that point where the industry trusts us and the rec- no, sorry, the people really trust us. And the FCA survey, which yeah. was twenty thousand people in I think July last year, yeah. and then another five thousand in January this year, identified that still only eight point three percent of the population receive financial advice. Yeah, yeah. So it's a it's a really small amount, isn't it? Isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, so it's yeah, not yeah. accessible to them, right? And it, or, or you know, if we think it's needed, if we think yeah. they need help, yeah, why aren't they taking it? Yeah. So how, how do you do the employer side of it then? So you're you're appointed by the employer and and, and sort of go and it could be the employer or the trustees, and you've got right. to be very okay. careful with that. I'm going to actually um, talk about an article now that Henry Tapper wrote on his blog about right. the, the demise of a financial advisor. I won't name it, um, and he talked about. That financial advisor had been a really big player in the advice via the workplace space, yeah. and in particular with these projects, right. you know, pension transfers. Yeah. Right. Okay? Right. And he talked about how the EBCs had almost deserted these good guys right. who were in that there. And, and I, know, I know a lot of them, they, you know, I have nothing bad to say about any yeah, of them uh-huh. at all, right? But he then talked about what their KPIs were. Their KPIs were to drive up transfers or to work to the employer. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. If that's what anybody was doing, then they got it wrong, mm. yeah. right? Yeah. Um, I'm not working for that employer, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, and I'm yeah. certainly not working for those trustees. In yeah. many ways, if an employer is given choice but can benefit from that choice, yeah. um, I'm the antidote to that, right? right? right, right. I almost see ourselves as being a, an employee trade union yeah. in that yeah. sort of sense, yeah. in yeah. that we've got to take that away. We've got to say, look, it doesn't matter what the communications say about the flexibilities or any of those things, yeah. right? It doesn't matter because it's not about that. It's about yeah. you, and we need to bring that back to you. Yeah, and in that yeah. sort of sense, yeah. so you almost you've got to be you've got to get this balance of being an opposition, mm. but the employer has to trust you yeah. Yeah. to be yeah. that opposition, which is quite unique. Yeah, um, yeah. in yeah. that yeah. sort of sense. So it was you know, the market testing we did before we launched it in this area was awful. Right. <laughs> it was awful. <laughs> it was just it was almost just be a good lad, right. um, do these projects, hope you get it right. If you don't, hope you've made enough money so by right. the time the FCA catch up with you, it'll all be all right. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. and 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 we're saying no, we don't want to do that. Yeah. And and, and interestingly, um, you might think that this stuff is is works on an even keel. I've got data that tells you that where we got business from, exactly which EBCs we did and we didn't get it from, yeah. and it was about the approach they took to that market right. and things like that. So you know. It, Kind of, we you'd think if we got 10 tenders, one from each EBC, you'd win your fair share of each one. You right. don't, no, 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 it's no. very concentrated, yeah. And, and it's almost about the conversations that happen long before we come yeah. to the table. Yeah. Uh, and then when we do come, if the employer advisors or the trustee advisors have, have almost said, Look, the financial advisors got to protect these individuals, and if they come in and they're not, there's a yeah. problem, right? right? will do well there if if they, if yeah. there's a feeling yeah. that the advisor in any way is working for the employer will do incredibly badly yeah. in that regard i'm actually proud of that yeah. right in that yeah. sort of sense and mm. and proud to have contributed to some of the things like the code of practice in that area yeah. Yeah. where yeah. i got opportunities yeah. Yeah. that I, I wouldn't have expected to get to do some good stuff mm. so that yeah. sounds really interesting yeah sounds a hell of a journey as well absolutely starting yeah. a company and especially you know starting up a new advisory company and yeah, that's well, keeping it going. Yeah. Keeping it going. So, you know, that's. I'd love to tell you it was easy. It isn't. Yeah. And I would turn around and say, I've been doing it. I've had a posh title now for eight years, right? right yeah. um, and 
I would say it took me five years to be at least competent, right? You know, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. and to understand some of the levers and so on yeah. and so forth. And I get better all of the time. Yeah, um, yeah, but yeah. I've been doing that for less time than I was a pension administrator. Yes. So yeah, I'm still yeah, a pension yeah, administrator. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a pensions administrator, always a pension yes. administrator. Yes. We we miss the skills that they, those guys have got. Mm, yeah. at, you know, the consultants and that they've got their own skills and they work with the trustees and they work with the employers. But as a pensions administrator, the biggest thing that I found to be in my advantage in understanding was speaking to the actual people who yes. were the yeah. end yeah. customer. When you're in the consulting roles and you're in the actuarial roles, mm. your customers are either yeah. the trustees yeah. or yeah. whoever it is. It's never you never ever get to that end no. consumer. Yeah. So I think one of the biggest advantages I ever got even though they were teachers, yeah. was, was, was speaking to the actual end customer. And I think we forget sometimes yeah. Yeah. who the real customer is. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I, I think they also, even the consultancies who uh, do administration or have sort of communication teams, yeah. they're so siloed from the teams who are going and advising the trustees to you know go and restructure this thing or you get these sort of, very strange uh, positioning in terms of like, what is this actually for? Who's this actually going to resonate with? Yeah. Um, I mean, my favorite job uh, in terms of kind of scope was was to be, uh, so for Barclays, they had the job title of head of communications for the, for the pensions. Yeah. Um, and that, you know, my favorite bit of it was going- uh, Head of communications. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was head of DC and communications oh, for the pension scheme. And I used to say that that made me head of DC and I had to do the communications to the DB people because DC inherently is a communications yeah. job. So it's, you've got to have a Venn diagram of administration, communication and investment to make DC work. So you cannot have a head of DC which doesn't have those three things somewhere in their, in their orbit. Um, but yeah, I used to go down to so Barclays had a Coventry training site where people were brought in, from the bank or in that region to go and spend a day in, in Coventry. And I used to go and do focus groups and like test the comms with yeah. them. You know, an hour talking about whatever, a couple of hours talking about this new system and an hour with Nico to yeah. talk about pensions and this sort of new thing that I was trying to do. Yeah. Um, and they were so down to earth, it was brilliant. You know, they just didn't understand a single word that I wanted to write, you know. <laughs> yeah. All right, okay, so scratch it Isn't it always the criticism? Um, communication, to my mind, it's the hardest thing to do and the easiest thing to criticize. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Um, you never ever, because we all think we do it we all do it slightly different and we all yeah, think that absolutely. I've explained it better yeah, than that. We've got views on it as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Stuff that we like and we don't like and all we've all got our own quirks on what we think is best and yeah. phrases yeah. we like, phrases we hate and it's very personal, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Well, that, one of my proudest achievements within what we're doing WPAC is something called Who Am I? Right. So when we engage with an individual before they even get anywhere near an advisor, there are five key questions that we ask people. So And, and they're designed to be simple and wide, right? right. By the way, none of them about your money. Yeah. None of them. You try and get people to talk to you if you start on money, they don't. No. You go to the pub and start asking someone what they earn yeah. and things yeah. like that, they'll not talk to you. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Because, yeah. So we just ask, what's your plan? Yeah. What's in it for you? What might go wrong? Mm. How would you spot it? What would you do about it? And yeah. believe me, you get some weird and wonderful oh, yeah, answers yeah. in there. And it starts the conversation as well, doesn't it? Yeah. It does, yeah. and you get some really powerful ones in there. So we had one individual, was a, believe it or not, it was a, it was a guy again, and, and he turned around and he, on the question, what might go wrong? He said, nothing else can go wrong, my wife's died. Now, I'm, not only is the vulnerability obvious in there, yeah. but I know I'm dealing with the guy that goes into the casino, he puts it all on red, it comes up black, yeah. right? He walks out and he doesn't think he's any worse off. Right. right? In that, So this, what you're getting from these people, you get far more from somebody if you start them talking about their family and where they've come from, just mm -hmm. like you did the day out, you get into yeah. pensions, yeah. 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 you know, far more from them about their actual money yeah. than you do 
if you and so when someone enters our program they've got to do that right, right? Mm -hmm. and when they leave they have to do it again so right. well, part of the explanation at the beginning saying these are why we're asking these five questions this is what we want to see they don't have to be perfect mm. yeah. right we just want to learn how you talk to us so we can talk back to you in the same yeah. way yeah. right yeah. you then take them through you break it so it's not one meeting there's lots of little meetings yeah. so generally optimum human learning time is around 20 minutes yeah. right um yeah. so you, it still lasts longer than 20 minutes but you've what you do is you build weekly meetings yeah. so yeah. between one yeah. week and yeah. the next yeah. what you've got is the digesting and then you'll go back to say blah blah and yeah. the end of it before we will transact they have to fill it in yeah. Right? Yeah. and and so what we're really saying is the plan generally doesn't change most people know what they want to do mm. but yeah. you get some of life's natural compromises the reasons why they wanted to do it very rarely changes because that's, that's right. their values that's yeah. what you get in that yeah yeah um understanding the risks changes a lot yeah right yeah. because when people see a plan in the future they see the positive sides of it they don't always necessarily see yeah. the negative sides yeah. of it yeah um Understanding how the risks will emerge develops. You can see that, and that's important yeah, yeah. because if they don't know where the risks will first become visible they, they, and how to watch for them, they're in trouble. Yeah. And then asking them how they manage it. Because you get some really good ones. So one individual come back and said, well, you're my IFA. Isn't that what you're supposed to do? Yeah, yeah, and I just thought, yeah, yeah, got it. He's got it. Absolutely yeah, no problem. Yeah, 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 that's yeah. your job. That's why you're working for yeah, me. And, yeah. and he, he got that. He was he, he yeah. understood how he was managing that and, and, as it emerged. Yeah. So I think for me, that was really quite important in, in that sort of sense and it yeah. builds a relationship mm. with a person yeah so I, I take two things from what you've said um one um are we doing this podcast for too long because you said the optimal is that an implicit criticism because um, <laughs> just you said tw tw 20 minutes so i'm just wondering <laughs> like whether we should just cut it down well well he did say optimum learning time so that suggests that the, the people want to learn have anything to learn from you darren i, I don't know oh, thank That's you nick stop with me talking for longer than but, 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 but also <laughs> and then we've butted you up about asking um you know about your your personal life and we've opened up that conversation you know now we can get on to the real you know money talk can't we the money talk <laughs> Right. So what does value for money mean to you? I've Sorry. got a technical answer and I've got a Simon answer, right? Okay. Um, so we'll start with the Simon answer. Yeah, I was hoping you would. <laughs> right? So um, I think value for money is impossible to measure on an individual level. I took kind of group right. it. And I'll tell yeah. you why, right? So if you ever met my wife, because everyone that's ever met my wife, they'll just turn around and say, how did you do that? Right. So <laughs> I'm not joking. Every single one. And have, so, you got, have you got a photo? <laughs> I do. Yes. Um, so there's. A, apart from that, she's also incredibly clever. So she's got like a, master, a bachelor's of science, a master's of science, right. an MBA. You know, Crystal's quite a long surname, but you put all the letters behind her name. It's off there. And I do that. But we've coming up this year. We've been married over thirty years now, right? And nobody can explain what she's doing, <laughs> hanging around with me, right? And, and so what? That tells me is is that actually you know nobody else can explain it but she's still hanging around right right and and if you know from that sort of perspective that means that there's something happening there yeah. that she's making a value judgment in that sort of sense and and that's really personal yeah. to her and of course as the person in the other side of that as a recipient i've got to be incredibly grateful because at least there was one person who was prepared to put up with me for that period <laughs> of time um but then if we move to the more technical version of this so bear with me for a second because oh, I haven't, I haven't no, got no. the memory that I used to have <laughs> so I decided to build an actual technical explanation oh, well. of value for money well. so I've got this is what I've written so I've written the ability to evidence an engagement or interaction with an individual or collective resulting in an action or plan designed to improve their life by means of improved outcomes mm -hmm. designed 
because yeah. you can't guarantee it. No, no. Yeah, you no. can't guarantee it. Yeah. Um, and and it, it, the evidence bit's important. Yeah. Right? We can set out a plan, but we can't control all the influences. Mm. Right? Yeah. And the yeah. idea is, is you set out a plan that's designed to get that person where they're intending to go and yeah. that they understand the influences on it and are able to you know, manage them as yeah. and when they arise. Yeah. Um, so, so I know that there's a whole value for money paper yeah um, but my problem with that paper isn't there's lots of good things in there and people can do lots of good things with it but it's built on the premise that we don't ask the people who receive our service mm. what they really right. want yeah. and i think that's a fundamental failure of our industry mm. that's why that's why mm. it shouldn't be called a pensions industry it should be called a people industry because yeah. then we'll go and ask what is it you want from us yeah so so what i can't remember exactly what you read out um but to what Inspiration did you have from the FCA's approach on consumer duty and that in formulating that assessment of value for money? Ah, you're a yeah. big consumer duty fan. Aren't I you? am. I'm a, I'm a massive consumer duty fan. I almost feel like it was put there for me sometimes right. in the things we were doing. I know it wasn't, but I can be as arrogant as the next person. Um, I, I can give you documents that show us talking about informed decisions mm. and, yeah. and things like that, which re, you know predate that. Mm. But we've, you know, we have. Like everybody else, we've engaged with regulators and things like that and listened to them. But evidence is the one word yeah, that yeah, I would say yeah. I took from yeah. the FCA's yeah. particular thing. That's an influence yeah. that they've got yeah. on me. Prove it. Yeah. Yeah. Right? You know, yeah, don't assume. You have to prove, yeah, prove yeah, that's, it. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And again, if you looked when I, really right back in a circle to the, the FCA express disappointment in, yeah. right? it was really around you couldn't prove it. Yeah. You couldn't prove it. And if you yeah. see advice getting questioned and things like that is it suitable or not there's there's almost you see three categories it's unsuitable we're not sure and it is yeah but the rules say if you can't prove it's suitable it just isn't yeah that middle one's appeared from nowhere right right and most of the time the reason that advice is not deemed to be suitable is because you can't prove it is and the right. test is yeah. You have to prove it is. And the real test, the thing that I think makes it a much higher bar and the one that I'm really a fan of is the informed decision. Prove that mm. you've enabled that person to make an informed decision mm. because that's more than just yeah. about a personal recommendation. Yeah. So, so how do you actually do that? I mean, are you sort of testing people about their options? And It's the, the who yeah. am I? Right. The who am I? Yeah. Yeah. As much as anything else because yeah. it, before we'll allow them to transact, Right, because again, in consumer duty, it says it almost says you should be able to evidence it's in their interests, yeah, which yeah, is yeah, partly yeah. maths. There's yeah. no way around getting right, past right, that. You right, know, you've right, got to be able yeah. to demonstrate that. Yeah. And and I've got again an example LCP did, which I think yeah. is important in helping and is a yeah. good barometer for that. Um, but more than anything else, if they, you know, I don't have to agree with their plan to my mind yeah. because I'm not them. Yeah. Right. Sometimes I do things, and somebody, you know, the people say, "What you done that for? Yeah. That's suboptimal." Yeah. Uh, thanks, but that's your opinion, not mine. Yeah. Yeah. I know why I'm doing it and what it does and why it gives me a nice feeling in yeah. doing that, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. So fundamentally, the who am I is designed to test that, yeah. right? So let's be clear. What your plan is in your words, yeah. why you're doing it, what the risks are, how you'll spot those risks emerging and what you'll do about mm. it. So that's a very, very important part of it. Yeah. Yeah. But there is the math side. So, for example, in the LCP paper, 12% is the new 8%. They gave some examples of the impact on ch of charges, yeah. and they used the total expense ratio, which I think is important. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and what they'd identified was, is that in a low, and this is in a low interest rate, low inflation environment, now uh -oh. that, yeah, <laughs> you've kind of got to say, which one? Uh, so, um, but if you look back over history, arguably, even now, could be still considered to be low interest rate, low inflation, depending oh, yeah, on what you were looking. Yeah. yeah, yeah so yeah. um you you kinda 
if your charges were total expense ratio was more than 1.9 percent then right. of the expected returns 60 percent of those returns were consumed by charges right okay so 40 percent you take 100 percent of the risk as the end consumer yeah. for a 40 percent upside mm. yeah. now now you've got to ask the question should i be saying that it's in that person's interest to actually transact mm. right right yeah. so and 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 so that's a, that's a difficult one uh, and it, but we have to test ourselves in that way yeah um yeah. Yeah. it's no different it's either the sleep at night test right I would really like us to do well. I'd like us to be a successful business. Can't even say successful. That's not boring, <laughs> is it? Um, I'd like us to make profit, yeah. right? And it's important because you're not a successful person running a business if you're not making profit. Mm -hmm. um, but you want to know that when you go home and you, you you put your head down on a night that you've done it by making other people's lives better. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's that's important. Mm -hmm. um, and 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 I think, you know, as an industry paying people for doing a job not on a sales success is an important part of that because I consider myself quite a strong person but if I had to go home on a night on a week, at the weekend and say to my wife we can't pay the mortgage coming up yeah. or we can't put food on the table for the kids because I didn't sell something yeah. right I'm pretty sure my brain because the human brain is ingenious yeah. would find a way to find a reason that I had done something right by selling something to somebody that right. I didn't yeah. need because yeah. the, the brain does that right yeah. It, yeah. I don't yeah. I've never met the person who's you know and maybe it makes me lucky who's setting out to do bad things yeah, to yeah, the people. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think we work in a great industry yeah. where you can help people and we've got lots of people trying yeah, to help yeah, people yeah. and we should be proud of it. Mm. But the problem is if the customers don't understand it, yeah. right? We can have all the intelligence, we can have all of the ideals, we yeah. can have all of the morals, but if they don't understand it and yeah, can't relate yeah. to us, then it doesn't matter. Yeah. Right? It doesn't yeah. matter. Um, tell us about uh, life stage. I think it is. You're 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 kind of taking this methodology and kind of putting it on our face. What's the life, life stage? Is my baby. That was why it was developed in 2010, right. and it was built around a demographic shift in the UK. Yeah. Yeah. So an aging population reducing productivity, a natural outcome of that. Yeah. Then Michael Johnson did a report which evidenced a lot of that. Yeah. Made my life a lot yeah. easier. Yeah. Um, putting yeah. the saver first which is one of my favorite reads ever and i probably should never have said that and now everybody knows <laughs> <laughs> so, um and 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 also matched by an almost immediate impact of falling birth rates which yep. was going to bring yep. around a shortage of labor and things like that um and longer working yeah lifetimes longer in retirement etc and then the next bit about making it accessible for people right so what we've done with life stage is we are going to deliver in a demonstrable form but in a deliverable yeah. form for the middle of next year but demonstrable in q4 this year an app a life stage app yeah. that will have via open banking money management yeah so every yeah. day you will get notifications on there that will tell you what money's gone through your bank now this is done and powered by a money hub mm, yeah. okay and I, we tried a lot of the different engines on the open banking and that one was my favorite yeah and what it does is i really like about it, it's very visual yeah right? right so it automatically breaks up your things into budgets and you can tweak it so you yeah. know if you've gone and spent 100 pound in sainsbury's it will put it in a groceries budget right and yeah, so on yeah. and so forth and it does that for you um and it, it gives you a relationship with your money today yeah right yeah. and we've got some you know when we've tested it we found a lot of people are paying things they didn't know they were paying, so they're able right. to make savings on that. We've also seen changes in savings behavior. And one of the best ones, by the way, that we spotted was people generally can save more in the summer than they do in the winter. Right. Fuel bills go up. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So if you build a 
equal 12 month saving plan right. it'll break once yeah. they're there yeah. and then it'll not restart so you've yeah. got to shape and the savings and that, plan and that, there's got to be some lots of behavioural thinking about that as well yeah, right? because yeah, as soon yeah. as something breaks then it's yeah. so much difficult oh, yeah. it, it just stops yeah, yeah. it just yeah. stops now what we've also done and this will be powered by Guide right, right. Um, is we've turned that representation of your money today into a representation of your money tomorrow in a picture yeah right and not just pensions mm. right and that's really quite important yeah, in yeah. that sort of sense so those two things work together and yeah. it's very pictorial and yeah. um, one of the things i hope that we'll do for example you can in the money hub structure you can do a number of things already so you can link up to your mortgage provider so you yeah. can see the outstanding mortgage you can link up to a site that will give you an automatic value of your home whether that be zoopla or some right. others there's some better ones now yeah um, and it will do the automatic affordability test on there so right. we're now talking to the mainstream providers and saying if we via data sharing let you have access to our the the users yeah. right can you put in there a guaranteed mortgage in principal offer with the relevant interest rates you would offer so right. you've actually got it on your phone wow. you drive past a house you like a house yeah. oh can i afford it yes i can can i get yeah. a mortgage yes i can what rates will i get it's all there on your phone yeah right yeah, yeah. now why not come to me to talk about it yeah, yeah, but you yeah. can transact it through the app if you don't want advice yeah, yeah, right it's yeah, not yeah. just about advice what we will also do and this is a subscription service by the way yeah right so a subscription service for a subscription age Yep. Or otherwise, you can call it advice on tick. In whichever way you want to do it, it means the yeah. same thing, right? Yeah. Um, and for £180 a year for the bronze service, which is the basic, yeah. right, then you will get three delivered pieces of advice. One, when you join a company. So should you join the pension scheme or other employee benefits are there, yeah. Yeah. workplace, yeah. 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 ICES, yeah. leases, all of that sort of stuff. Yeah. That's the Midlife MOT, right? Mm -hmm. um, probably about 10 to 15 years out. Yeah. And then at retirement mm. advice, but in amongst it, because of the data we hold, seventy to eighty percent of the work we do is information gathering. Yeah, and it, it's yeah. about where's your money, <laughs> how yeah. are you spending it, yeah. why are you spending it that mm. way? Yeah. But the yeah. open yeah. banking gives you that, yeah. so they can also get access to advice for every different thing they need, but it's cheaper. Yeah, right. Why is it cheaper? Because I know all of that stuff yeah. right. automatically. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Now within there, within gold and platinum, we will also give access to specialist legal advice via a partner so one of the things we did a client survey on and we got a 15 percent response in a week on a client survey knocked our heads off that one yeah, yeah. right um because we were expecting about two percent yeah, yeah. of the client survey the biggest needs that our clients identified in first and second place was wills, wills yeah. the power of attorney yeah, right so yeah, it's yeah. a need 100%. but it's how to get it now because yeah. we share with because with our partners all the money laundering and all the the the, the regulatory stuff is done at the front end through electronics yeah they can get straight to the legal advice right? yeah and they're not yeah. paying all the upfront costs yeah. again yeah. it's yeah. cheaper and then tax advice for yeah. the platinum yeah. and the intention is to do this via as an employee benefit yeah. via the workplace yeah. either salary sacrifice net pay yeah. funded yeah. whatever yeah. it is yeah. so the employer just plugs it in as an employee benefit yeah. okay. um and so that you think whichever way you want to do it, you can do it. Yeah. And market testing is telling us that nobody's tried to do it in that way before. There's nothing magic in there. We're not yeah, inventing right. Right, right, right? We've just tried just to put a whole lot of things yeah, together yeah, and yeah, say, yeah. right, how can we make that consumer friendly? Yeah. How does it give access to access? Yeah. And then when the dashboard finally arrives, <laughs> then that will, that will plug into well, it as well. Well, watch this as an individual level, yeah. right? So I've seen a lot of stuff at the moment that I like about... Um, Pots for life. Mm, right. I like that, yeah, right? Yeah, the Australian yeah, concept. Yeah, yeah. Now, one of the things, again, it's through Money Hub. There's two things that I think are really good in there. The first one is, is that actually you can go on and you can link to previous employments 
and if they've got an API, if they've got experience, it'll automatically bring your pensions in right. to there. And if you can't, you can construct it yourself. So my wife's in the NHS pension scheme. It's a bit complex. So we had to literally construct it yeah. within there. Um, but you can do that. So it has it all in one place. Yeah. Now, imagine if you move, you can take this app to another employer. You don't have to leave it there. You can take it with you. Yeah. Right. It's on your phone. Right? Yeah. If you take it from place to place and you've built the API links every time, all your pots are going to be there. Yeah, right. And as a consequence, if we can get that in, you can see what charges you're paying. Yeah. If you can see you're paying X on one and Y on another, yeah. and broadly you're in a default fund, frankly, yeah. most people should be. Yeah. <laughs> right? yeah. So from that perspective. Especially um, if I designed it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the truth is, if you're not going to manage it every day, yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, Having yeah, the yeah. parameters put around it for yeah. me is important. Yeah. And yeah, said, I've already said yeah. people aren't really investors, not, yeah, not consumers. They're not really investors. So if you've got that there, then the point with the app is it's not about advice. It's about the journey. It's yeah. about the person. And it should allow you to decide when you need advice and when you can do it without advice. Yeah. Yeah. That's the point. Of yeah. It. Yeah. And I'm really yeah. passionate. Well, I'm yeah. passionate about what I do anyway, but I'm really <laughs> passionate about that. Yeah. I hope it works yeah. because I'd like to have a brainchild that did yeah. rather than a brainchild <laughs> that didn't. So, so when's that going live? When are you hoping? We'll it's, have uh, the app, we hope, before the end of the year in right. a demonstrable form. So we'll be able to yeah. show people it, let them play with yeah. it and things yeah. like yeah. that. Yeah. I don't expect to, we, we are talking to specific employers, etc. Yeah. at the moment. Yeah. Um, we are going down the employer route, not the trust route. Right. Okay. Yeah. Um, I guess it could be applicable to them, but I've got one more story, right? Um, Do we have time, Darren? Oh, go on. <laughs> it, it's a dead quick I, one. I I, I've given up trying to police this. <laughs> <laughs> you knew. I did tell you. <laughs> um, and, and we're going the, so it kind of, with the trust route, um, we've seen Money Hub delivered. I'm, I'm aware of a master trust that makes Money Hub available. Mm -hmm. And the people that are running the, the the master trust have it in their master trust they're in it and they're not using it right right they're still using their own spreadsheets and i'm talking about really clever savvy people yeah right? they're yeah. not using it right just because you deliver it doesn't it mean that people will yeah. use it yeah. Yeah. the point about the advice is getting somebody to understand if you're going to have to make a bit of an effort what you're going to get back off it mm. yeah. right so yeah. when we're doing this a big part of what we're doing there's an actual fact saying, hold on a minute, we need to spend time with people right at the very beginning at a personal relationship level saying, yeah. if you're going to do this, this is what's in it for you. This is what's in it for you. Because yeah. if there isn't, they won't make the effort. Yeah. Why? Because yeah. they've got other things that'll need to occupy their time. Yeah. How do we very do time, Darren? <laughs> we are out of time. We are out of time. Um, so, but my... We should get an alarm clock, I think. We need, an alarm. we need something. We need something. So, um, you know, Sunderland. Are they value for money? <laughs> Currently, this is the most exciting period for the club that I can remember since Peter Reid was there. Uh -huh. Nice, nice. And, um, oh, there's a, oh, did I just Googled when Sunderland last won something. Oh, um, 1973. 1973, and it was... 1-0 uh, Leeds, Ian Portfield, yeah. 31st minute. Was that the FA Cup? It was, was the FA Cup. <laughs> yeah, so, um, no, well... They, they are looking good. Like we had a conversation a, a, a few weeks ago about it, and you you were you were bouncing off the walls in terms of excitement and anticipation. I love watching of, them. I yeah. love watching them now. Um, yeah. You know, don't get me wrong; they're not Premier League quality, but they're not playing in the Premier League. No. Um, yeah. And but they, you know, I'm sure when you're watching Arsenal, you like the creativity, you yeah, like yeah. passing, yeah. and that's what we've got. What well, the intent? You know, yeah, yeah. You, you can see that the players want to play for each other, that they yes. want to win the game, that they understand that there's a plan. Um, so, the you know, in the doldrums, I mean, this is sort of sports as opposed to kind of 
Arsenal or Sunderland, right? But in the doldrums, you can you can see eleven players come on and not not like each other, yeah. um, not not committed for each other. You know that kind of role of teams. Um, you know when it's not working, it, it, it is going to fail, and it's got yeah. nothing to do with how much you've spent on whichever amazing striker or whatever. It is because they are not playing for each other. Yeah, um, and that's there now. I'm, I'm glad to hear it's there. In, yeah, in absolutely is. Uh, absolutely, you must have seen what's what's the Sunderland till I die documentary. Yes, it's so that. obvious. Yeah, they yeah. absolutely the team hates each other. They hate the management. They hate the, everybody. What is was just, really interested in is I knew quite a lot of the lads in the crowds right, when they were doing it, and one of them I played football with. Like, Yep. Alan, I played yep. football with him on a Friday, yeah, yeah. and he's in the. He often goes to the away games, right. and you can feel how toxic. Yeah, it did get toxic. Yeah. It got toxic in the ground itself. Yeah, yeah, the yeah, fans yeah. didn't. Did, did, there was no link with the team mm. at all, mm. and and they were always on their backs. Yeah, um, and it was and it wasn't a nice place no. to be. But it's better now. On that happy note, on that happy note, we probably let people get out of their cars or off the train off or the whatever train. they do. <laughs> so um, coming up, Nico, what have you got? Coming I've got up? nothing. I'm you not going to. Yeah, you go on. Yeah. All right. So um, <laughs> I'm speaking at Corporate Advisors Summit. We had John John Greenwood on last week. Yes, we did. Um, and yeah. I'm, I'm speaking at that on 6th of October. Looking forward to political priorities post the next election, which would be quite good. Um, also, Quiet Room, we've got a Future of Pension Commons event next Thursday, which should be quite interesting. Very They're doing some interesting stuff around that. And GMPZ yeah, was launched yeah. early this week. Yeah. So that was um, that was a fantastic event. We unveiled a, a new animation and suite of communications to help define benefit schemes, communicate GMPE. Um, which is really good. And we had How easy can it get? I mean, there are some very complicated scenarios. Yeah, oh, there's, it's incredibly complicated yeah. scenarios. It's yeah. a whole nightmare. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, like, you know, I mean, it, uh, the calculations will certainly make you queasy, but our <laughs> comms are lemon peasy. I mean, yeah. <laughs> no, you've got to do the line back. We're going to have to re record it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, moving quick, quickly on. Who have we got next week, Nico? Can you remember? Louise Farron. Louise Farron. I'm very excited. Yeah. yeah. So uh, Louise is joining us. I'm going to be talking about some of her work as CEO of, um, or not CEO, Executive Director of DCIF, some of her research projects. And she's a rival podcast host, isn't she? Oh, she is. Yes. But, but, um, but she's a friend of this pod. She's a friend of this pod. I've done a lot of work for the DCIF over the years. You have. Um, I actually did the webinar that I've been uh, talking about in previous episodes. Um, so on Tuesday, which is with John Holguin, who's the DCF chair, using the DCIF research. Nice. So, um, yes, no, we're, we are connected. Excellent. Simon, thank you. Thank You're a star. So we knew you would yes. be. Um, some great anecdotes, some great stories. Um, loved your focus on, on people. Yeah. And loved, um, you know, um, a lot of your insight. Mm. And it's been an absolute pleasure chatting. So thank you for making the time to, to come and share um yes. your thoughts of us and thank you for being good sport yeah. and playing wackaday yeah, <laughs> yeah. thank you for letting me cause chaos that's right. yeah. that's right. any feedback to darren <laughs> from our listeners on whether you know you should be surprising us with uh with, with, with silly games <laughs> gratefully appreciated uh that's at vfmpensions at gmail.com that's right we've got such a full email inbox don't we we have um, full of spam <laughs> <laughs> uh, so please fill it up with something that we don't have to delete straight away. Excellent. Right. Until next That's week. Until next week. It's goodbye from me. It's goodbye from me. And from me.